This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. There are developments in the indigenous protests that have caused the blockade of rail traffic through most of the country. The RCMP has offered to pull its officers back from a pipeline construction zone on Wet'suwet'en territory. The force has not, however, offered to withdraw entirely from Wet'suwet'en territory as the hereditary chiefs demanded. So it's not clear if this will be enough for them to agree to talks. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair, by the way, says it will be enough, but we'll see. The blockade in Belleville is still up. 1,500 workers have been laid off from Via Rail and CN, though some routes in southwestern Ontario have resumed. Some communities will soon face critical shortages of things like propane and chemicals for water treatment. Canada's premiers are slamming the government for a, quote, lack of federal leadership and are pressing for concrete federal action to end the blockades. And a new poll by Ipsos shows that nearly two-thirds of Canadians oppose the blockades, with more than half saying they think the police should move in and do something about it. So what do you think? Do you think the government is doing or not doing the right thing? Do you think any other government would do better? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I am joined by Sean Simpson, Vice President of Ipsos Public Affairs, and Jason Leader, Conservative Strategist and President at Enterprise. Hi, guys. Hi there. How's it going? Okay, well, <laughs> inside this room, it's all right. Uh, Jason Leader, let's start with you. Uh, what do you think of the government's response and how they're handling it? Uh, there's been a lot of criticism from conservatives. Um, there's definitely been a lot of criticism, for sure. Uh, you know, Canadians, I think the Ipsos poll that you're, 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 you're um, Citing, I think, tells a lot of where Canadians are at on this. And I think, I think the Conservatives and Premiers, uh, specifically as well, are, are giving some voice to some of that frustration that we've got out there. I will say this. The government cannot direct the police operations. We've learned that, uh, you know, over the years, that's a really, really, really bad idea. And so they've got to be careful. So I give them a little more leeway to organize themselves in order to uh, to get this thing done. I will say this, though. I think Mr. Trudeau has put himself in a very impossible position. I, I think he's toughened himself up this week. He looked really weak early in, earlier in the uh, earlier in the week. I think they're probably they, they can read polling as well as we can. And uh, he realized he had to toughen up. But over the last number of years, he's had his message has been sort of reconciliation among, above all else. And I think most Canadians have almost infinite patience with that, but that patience is being tested here. So um, they've got to show a plan. I think they're getting closer to showing a plan. And I think that's what, frankly, most political commentators are looking for here. Okay. Well, Sean Simpson, it's interesting. So a majority of the people in your poll say something's got to be done to end the blockades. More than half say, uh, if you got to do it by calling in the cops, that's okay. But three quarters of Canadians also think that Indigenous people are getting a raw deal and we should rectify that. 
Yeah, as certainly Canadians uh, are are witnessing or feeling the impacts of the, of the blockade, or at least hearing about it on the news. And what they're saying is, message received. We get it. We we understand, and and for the most part, we actually agree with you that. Um, Indigenous Canadians don't get a fair shake from the, the, the federal government, and a growing majority believe that the government must act now to raise the quality of life of Indigenous communities. We asked a similar question back uh, during the uh, Chief Spence hunger strike and, uh, and, and uh, uh, Idle No More movement back in 2013, and the proportion who believe the federal government needs to act on Indigenous issues since then has increased by 12 points. So certainly a, a growing urgency um, felt among Canadians to do something, but they're saying, okay, in the more immediate uh, future, enough is enough, we need to end the blockade so that we can move forward uh, productively together. Jason Leader, you mentioned that the the government can't direct police forces. However, when the Prime Minister gets up and and says, really uh, using any kind of force is not the way to deal with that, isn't isn't that just tantamount to, to the same thing? And Bill Blair was on the phone with the RCMP. I am so baffled by their messaging on that. And and yeah, if you if if you tell the cops that they can't use force, and that's what that is. You are directing the, the, the police oper- operation, and I don't understand. I think they've probably figured out and recalibrated that message as well. One of the things that I think this is all laid bare um, is the, the sort of the, the, the hypocrisy and disingenuousness of some of the messages. And I think this is one of the things that, as someone who believes in reconciliation and believes a lot more needs to be done on, on Indigenous reserves like I do, uh, this is this is actually a bit of it's a real step backwards, Libby, because the problem here is that if you're a Canadian who believes that more needs to be done, you likely believe that resource development and indigenous ownership and resource development is probably the way to do a lot of that things because there just isn't enough money otherwise. And the problem that we've got here is that a community divided. Um, sort of sending, sending mixed messages. I think it's going to set this back and set support back a little bit. I think it's a public relations disaster. On, and I think Perry Bogard and a bunch of the Indigenous leaders know enough to know that it's a public relations disaster. So the, the good news is I think there's a lot of different forces trying to resolve this as quickly as possible because it's not good for reconciliation generally. Well, well, yeah. And then, uh, Sean, there's that whole issue. Are, are people confused about what the Indigenous community thinks, because we know that the elected bands, 20 of them, agreed to this pipeline, but the hereditary chiefs don't. And I I don't really want to get into the weeds on on the law, the treaty law, but um, how does that play into things? Yeah, I mean, it's an extremely difficult uh, situation uh, and and extremely complex. And and, um, exacerbating that complexity is that there isn't agreement across Canada about what to do with regard to the situation. So uh, on that perhaps most contentious issue, uh, police uh, intervening to end the blockades, you've got fairly strong majorities in British Columbia and Alberta agreeing with, with police intervention, which is remarkable in its own right, because you don't often get British Columbians and Albertans agreeing on anything. That's with true. Resource development. But then in Ontario and Quebec, and remember this is where the votes are, in Ontario and Quebec, uh, uh, fewer um, uh, Canadians agree with, with a blockade, uh, sorry, with police intervention to end the blockade, likely as a result of, of having 
you know, lingering memories of, of Oka and, and Iprawash and understanding that, that, that the police intervention historically has not gone well. Um, and and so it complicates the prime minister's decision-making process because in taking one decision or, or another, not only do we have Indigenous Canadians perhaps pitted against uh, business or, or the rest of Canada, but we've got Western Canadians not aligned with Eastern Canadians on what the best way forward is. Okay, let's take a call from Earl in Oakville. Hi, Earl. Thank you for taking my call, Libby. You're welcome. Um, I'm opposed to the blockade. I think the Indians are holding us hostage in the matter of speaking. And I don't know what it's going to take when the food doesn't get to the stores and people start starving. I think there's going to be a real uprising around here. You know what I mean? They're going to have enough's enough. We've had enough of it. You know what I mean? Um, okay, Earl, thanks for your call. Uh, well, uh, you know, um, we're talking about how many people might be in favor of uh, a use of force if necessary. And, and Jason, yesterday we saw the premiers get together and the premier of Quebec basically said, if you have to use uh, force, go ahead. Yeah, this is, uh, well, yeah, he said as well that the blockade isn't on Indigenous land in, 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 um, in, in Quebec. And he's basically said, yeah, once we get the injunction, the blockade's coming down. Like, it's, it's, we're going to figure it out. And then you've got, you know, the, the dangerous situations that you've got here in Quebec, I think it hits close to home, right? They had a train derail this week. Uh, and there's some evidence that there was tampering with the tracks. And, and like, that's when, and, and then you've got vigilantes or, you know, sort of Albertans going and just, just, you know, taking away the blockade out. And, and so we've got a bit of a powder keg here. I think your last caller sort of, exa- you know, explained the sentiment out there that, okay, you've, had, you've made your point. Like, let's, let's move on. And the worry, I think, is that if it goes on much further, if we don't see a plan, then people are going to take, on both sides, are going to take some action that uh, is going to be, you know, something you can't take back. Well, let me just point out, because uh, some of our listeners may have missed this, uh, it's suddenly playing into the conservative leadership race. Peter McKay tweeted, uh, you know, basically uh, congratulating those those people who dealt with a blockade, and there was a Twitter storm, and he tried, or he did take down the tweet. Jason, what do you make of all of that? Is that just a sideshow? <laughs> Social media team got a little ahead of uh, uh, the uh, justice minister. Not for, for the sure. first time. There's, there's no, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about there's, that. There's nothing to be gained by wading into the debate uh, to, too much. Yep. You know, it's a very sensitive issue. It's, this is clearly a no-win situation for for everybody. Um, and so, I, I think that you know, for for many people, unless you're directly involved in the decision making, probably the best thing to do is keep your mouth shut. Uh, yeah, I mean, po- policy-wise, yeah, but I will say politically, your poll, and I, I like, you know, 67% of Canadians, you, you can't get 67% of Canadians to agree, you know, whether Elvis is still alive or dead, you know, kind of thing. I'm I'm joking to make a point. There is political hay to be made. I'm not saying that it's in our interest that political hay to be made, but I'm saying I do understand why politicians make political hay, right, on both sides. And uh, that's the danger here, is that the politics gets out in front of the policy side. Well, uh, and, uh, you know, business leaders have said that just about now, some of these shortages are going to get critical. And it's $425 million worth of goods every day being blocked, and some of them are perishable. Yeah, terrible. And I think that's why my Canadians are, are starting to feel a sense of urgency. And, you know, this, this is an important issue to Canadians. We know that 60% are following the issue closely. Um, we, we don't usually see numbers that high um, 
four national news stories. So we're going to continue to be monitoring the situation and tracking some of these figures over time uh, to see if, if Canadians are you know, reaching a, a breaking point or, um, or not. Because we know that one in three um, believe that um, what's happening now is a sign of an unhealthy democracy and a declining of law. So those are the kinds of things that we're going to be monitoring over time. Well, well, I, I want to get to the rule of law in a bit, but let's take a call from Eileen in Newcastle. Hello, Eileen. Well, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I'm, I'm against the blockade here um, in Belleville in Ontario, all these um, people coming out in support. I mean, BC, let BC look after their own. And it was said on the, on a radio station yesterday that 85% of the chiefs um, agree with the pipeline. So can't those chiefs all get together and sort things out and let, let BC look after their own thing without having, you know, the rest of Canada held to ransom? I mean, if we all came out in sympathy, the things that are going wrong that we don't agree with, hey, the, the teachers are on strike. So, okay, I won't go into that, but... Or maybe Manitoba teachers will come out in support of Ontario teachers and the BC teachers. You know, it could go on. Um, I, I don't see the point of them. It's just, it's just causing more trouble than necessary. And they're going to suffer in the end because of the, the trains not being able to run. You know, it, it's, and to me, that's what I'm thinking. And, and how come they have the time to do this? Don't they have jobs to go to, families to look after? Okay, Eileen. Anyway, that's my, my thoughts. Thank you. Sean, you touched on something before the break that I want to pick up on, and that's this issue of the rule of law. And one thing that I get, you know, in a very broken down, uh, you know, simplified way from people is, hey, it, it, it kind of, it bothers them that why are, those people getting away with something that I would get arrested for. Uh, how key is that kind of a feeling? Well, I think Canadians are always frustrated by um, uh, maybe inconsistencies with how laws are applied. And, and I'm not just talking about this case with, with Indigenous Canadians uh, or, or, or people, you know, and they're not all Indigenous Canadians who are protesting. By yeah, no, well, a lot of them aren't. That's, yeah, that, that's important to note. But, for example, with the migrants coming across from the United States border and then going to the front of the line uh, being processed before people who, um, you know, are, are following the rules to, to, to immigrate to, to Canada, that's the, what, what Canadians were having a problem with about that situation. Not necessarily that people were coming, it's just that the the normal process wasn't applying to them, and, and they were jumping jumping the queue. So Canadians are very, very, very much, um, I think, rules oriented, and and certainly tolerant of, of of protests, but just want to be sure that that um, you know the laws are being applied evenly in uh, across all cases. And and Jason, how do you see that? <laughs> I mean. 1,500 Canadians at least have been laid off uh, as a result of this. And the standard has to be really high for that, like, for that to be. And the message has been unclear on the protest. And let's be honest, it's, 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 a, it's a bit of a mess, right? You've got a few guys sitting in lawn chairs, uh, but near Belleville, sort of blocking a rail line. And, and their message, you know, it isn't, uh, we're not moving until you've got all clean water on every reserve in Canada, which is something that most Canadians could get behind, by the way, or you fix the education or health system. It's, you know, get the RCMP off a piece of land out west. Like, it, no one understands exactly what this is about. It's one of the reasons why I think people do want the rule of law. To, and, and we are a country where the rule of law 
it's one of the things that we bat, pat ourselves on the back. Right? When we talk about China or other areas of the world, we say, well, they've got no rule of law. And I think that people, people in Canada understand that our economy runs on the rule of law. We don't have predictability and stability. We don't have anything. Okay, and let, Libby, I yes. mentioned that, that 34% believe that, that what's happening is a sign of an unhealthy democracy and declining rule of law. But I should also note the other part of that, that question is that 38%, so slightly more, believe that what's happening is actually a sign of a healthy democracy and a strong freedom of expression. So Canadians are very, very conflicted on, you know, whether, whether the existence of such protests is a good or a bad thing. Okay, uh, let's hear from Tony in Brampton, who has a different view from most of what we've been hearing. Hi, Tony. Yes, uh, hi. Uh, I'm in total agreement with the blockade. Uh, you talk about rule of law. Where was the rule of law when the government uh, broke all these treaties with the Indians? Uh, indigenous people. Um, okay, Indigenous people. And they say all these band member chiefs are for it and only ones against it. Well, the ones against it is a traditional chief, and the ones that are for it are band members, chiefs elected by the band by because of the Indian Act. Well, That's not yeah. very fair. Well, that, it's it's um, you, we're getting into uh, complicated uh, legalistic things here, but yeah, that's right. So you're in favor of it, and you're not. I'm. Go I'm ahead. in favor of it. Yeah, yeah. And where are all the, the these native uh, the indigenous people that have all boil water advisories, and and we're here in the cities, and we don't have to worry about it. You know, where, where, where's the political will to, to help them? Okay, thank you very much. Okay, let's hear from Kevin in Hamilton. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Levy. Go uh, ahead. One, one quick suggestion. I think you should make this public service a real public service and get rid of your commercials. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I just want to say that uh, good information helps. Uh, things work a lot better, and I think that the government has failed in being able to keep a, a good pulse on what's happening in the Aboriginal communities, uh, in Indigenous communities in our in our country. And because of that, we we get these little explosions here and there, and I think a lot of them could be uh, avoided through ongoing communication between the two parties. When it, we, they all, when all of a sudden the conversation just starts up, when a problem comes up, uh, and so the problem escalates very quickly when there isn't an ongoing communication going on. Okay, Kevin, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, and um, Jason, I guess one of the issues is the, those hereditary chiefs who say that they never ceded their land. They said they weren't consulted at all. Yeah, I mean the five of thirteen that don't support the project, the eight of thirteen that do, right? Like, let's yeah. be, let's make sure that we got the facts straight for everybody out there that most of the Red Terry Chiefs support the project. I know that we're going deep in but the problem. The problem that the, the PM uh, has, and, and the, the the caller who uh, supports the blockade, I think, yeah. laid it bare. One of the political problems he's got is he raised expectations sky high back between twenty fifteen and twenty nineteen for Indigenous people and for most Canadians. Like he essentially promised to fix it. 
He said, no, no, we had a different idea before. We've got a, g- a good idea now. I'm going to reconcile. We're going we're gonna to fix this. I'm going to fix all the water on the reserves. He's made some progress on that. But the problem is, uh, you know, expectations were sky high. And now people look at him and say, you know, this is one of the reasons why you were hired. So this kind of stuff didn't happen, right? And, and then secondly, I think what's important to look at is, and this, the, the, the Indigenous community across Canada, it's generally not supportive of these blockades and protests. That's what's so crazy about this is you've got real divisions in the community and the national chiefs, the regional chiefs, the, the, the own bands don't support this. The, the, the Mohawks out in Belleville are not, they don't, they don't even have the support of the band that they, that they, that they, that they represent. And so I think most Canadians look at that and say, what a mess. How, how are we supposed to navigate this through? We hired Justin Trudeau to do this for us. And that's where I think people are going to get this. And and so um, either of you, uh, we're running out of time, but to finish either of you, do you, do you see any clear path to resolution? <laughs> Not an easy one. Jason? I think they're making progress. I think they, you know, the, the cops have said that they would, uh, they would get out of the, uh, the territory, at least move part of the Houston. territory. Yeah. Part of the territory, back part, yeah. And uh, I think that's probably the starting, the, if that gesture of goodwill doesn't work, uh, then we're, we might be in for a long one, and then Mr. Trudeau's medal is really going to be tested. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jason Leader and Sean Sis- Simpson. That was a, a really interesting conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Okay, and uh, people, if I could not get to your calls or if you have further thoughts, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow, and I am sure this topic will come up again. Right now, that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.